for fucking around. It's Wild Style Radio. Wild Style Radio. What's up? Welcome back to the Stand Up and Shout Rock Show with Whisk and Kev. We're coming to you live on Saturday night from the Salisbury Center Studios in Manassas, Virginia. Always a good Saturday, man. Yes. Always good. And, yes, and, and a great Saturday night that we have ahead of us tonight. We do. It's yeah. a great night of live music. We've got the Glam Slam Metal Tour featuring yes. Enough's Enough, the Choir Boys, and Bad Marriage. And joining us in the studio, we have the great pleasure of chatting with Mr. Chips Enough from Me Enough's Chips Enough. Enough. Yeah. Made it in. Made it in today. Yeah, can we smoke pot in here, guys? <laughs> It'll match the green. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, you know, we, we're set in green, so. Yeah, very nice aesthetics in here. I I, I love the little, I, what would you call that? Uh, Oralex? <laughs> the walls. And, uh, no, I don't see any drinks or ashtrays or anything, but that's okay. There's some uh, monsters around. Yeah. You know, we're, so, like, that's the sponsor. Yep. So what what, what kind of drink would you like? Yeah. All right. I, I think I'm pretty good right now, Lou, okay. but uh, maybe later on I'll have a little cocktail with you. I, I'm not a big drinker, although I love our fans because they drink their asses off. <laughs> uh, but for me, I, uh, when I'm on tour, especially when I'm double dipping because I'm playing bass with the London Choir Boys and then of course singing and playing with Enough's Enough so um, call me a six trick pony I'm out there with the fans all night I'm driving the vehicles I'm booking the hotel rooms I'm really doing a lot of stuff with the, my guys are busy too as well so it's uh, one of those kind of tours where uh, very challenging Yeah. but uh, this Glam Slam Metal Tour is a great package I was just in I, I did Eddie Trunk's show a couple of weeks ago on Sirius XM. That's nice. Outside of my show, I'm on Dash Radio every week with uh, Snoop Dogg and the Kardashians. <laughs> and so it's a big, big show. Yeah. And uh, I've been telling everybody about this tour, and everybody, and most people are saying that's one of the better deals where you get bands that had hit songs on MTV, toured around the country, uh, done the big shows, the Howard Stearns, the David Letterman's, all those kind of things that uh, we all do in the beginning of our careers. And here we are still out there playing for a nice reasonably priced ticket you want to go see the big shows you know the motley Cruz and the deaf leopards some nothing those are great shows there's nothing about it yeah but you're gonna pay uh brinks truck full of money and yeah. this one you're gonna save though you're gonna hear all the hits that you heard on mtv yep. all on the radio and all the bands all the guys right in the flesh right there very easily accessible no seven hundred dollars or thousand dollar meet and greets and it's a, it's a really good celebration i think it's a great deal and i'm proud to be on this tour still going after all these years yeah, man. I mean, you're, you're bringing that up and, and even like you, you added a lot of detail to me in the heavy lift that you are doing that we notice, you know, when we, like seeing this tour coming in, seeing the, you know, the range of touring that you have done. Like, how do you keep up all that energy with everything that you just described? Not only just playing but all of those other side activities that you're involved in. Uh, I believe that uh, luck is uh, when preparation meets opportunity, or it's the resident of design. Uh, my drummer, Daniel Benjamin Hilly, does a lot of social media along with Tori Stoffrig, my guitar player. And uh, my, the other guitar player, Jason Camino, who was formerly with the band Nelson, he does a lot of the merchandise stuff. Everything's in house. We just we try to be self sufficient and do everything on our own. Yeah. The inmates are running the asylum at this point <laughs> of our career right now. <laughs> Got a great record company, you know, with, yeah. uh, with Frontiers, 
over in Italy, and then we also have our catalog with uh, Cleopatra Records. Mm -hmm. So we got two good labels that are really behind the band and helping us a lot. Brian Pereira is fantastic, gives us merchandise so we can go out there and, and make sure we wet the beak of all of our fans that want to come out there. And they're diehard fans. Sure. have been following enough snuff for all these years. So uh, between the whole team working together, that really helps a lot. And I got a great tour manager. His name's uh, Mike Beasley. He works with Junkyard and yeah. the Choir Boys as well. Yeah. And uh, together, we just make it work. We book our own hotel rooms, hustle around the country. We're not traveling in a bus like in the old days with an ounce of cocaine and a bunch of Jack Daniels. <laughs> you know, very focused. We get in the... We get in the a little Oscar Minor Wiener Wagon, we turn on the radio and we yeah. listen to tunes and drive five, six hours a day. And listen, the fans are the most important thing to us. That's yeah. what we care about. We want to get that out there and we want to be well rested and give the fans a great show. And I think that every night we've been nailing it, not to sound unmodest. It's been a really good tour, though. And all the rock stars are coming out to the shows, all our old friends and all the journalists and colleagues from the old days. Yeah. And it's just nice to get back together again and see all those old familiar faces because uh, we're not here for a long time you know yeah right amen to that amen and so you mentioned last night you were in jersey and tonight you're here in manassas here at the yeah. salisbury center yep. so welcome to manassas and the salisbury center appreciate it i just i I'm, a couple of years ago we were here with faster pussycat over at that tally hole place sure in lesburg and i was talking to your boys about it and uh, that was a great show it was we, we were, were there kevin and i were there i yeah. love that show yeah, was, yeah. That, that was a fun little tour pussycat uh -huh. had the the big huge tour bus we were traveling in the oscar minor wiener wagon yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> hanging out with danny every single night and, and uh, of course uh tammy was great to us yep we go back a long ways the, i think the wave of the future for rock concerts is consolidation getting all the sure. bands together and it's not going to be one one band it's not taylor swift all by yourself okay sure. it's not going to be bands like you know uh, uh harry styles yeah. so it's going to be two or three bands with them because that brings more joy to the fans and more bang for the buck it makes much more sense to consolidate and i was hanging out with the guys in live nation they go yeah chip you got to get three four bands out there to make these tours happen and for the last you know four or five years it's been us out with you know ace freely or jack russell's great white mm -hmm. uh the dead daisies and we just got off tour we were just out in november and december with skid row over in europe mm -hmm. and uh, very well attended gigs playing those o2 academies and those yeah. riches those great rooms kk's and uh wolverhampton it's just a lovely country in the uk and uh we also did Scotland as well. And then we came, we finished up and we came back to the States and did the Rock Island Fest with a 38 Special and Adler from Guns N' Roses, who I used to play with a long time ago, along with a, a list of other great bands. And uh, Quiet Rider was on that bill. And then from there, we went to Australia. And we've been touring nonstop since January of, uh, of 2023. So nothing's going to stop this choo-choo train. There's still some coal left in uh-huh well and it's great to have live music back and yeah. bands touring performing you yeah. know certainly missed that for a couple of years so. right where we were three years ago yeah that was that was brutal three yeah. years ago oh, it was terrible i was just yeah. talking to lou about how uh, i was reading classic rock magazine and there's over 75 tours happening right now and there's some really good ones besides this glam slam metal tour with uh, enough's enough and the choir boys and bad marriage by uh, coincidentally bad marriage has the guitar player 
They used to play with Tesla. Tesla. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. He's great, too. The guy uh-huh. shows up. He's yeah. got joints in his mouth every day. He <laughs> really, really a wonderful guy. But you got the, you know, Pussycats out there on tour right now. Yeah. And for the smaller tours, uh, Kiefer's out there with Winger and John Karabi. And that's a tour that's doing very well. People yeah. are going out there and, and flocking. All shows are jam-packed every night. And then you got Rod Stewart and Cheap Trick out there. Of course, you got the stadium tour, which is uh, Def Leppard and... Um, and Motley Crue, and I think Alice Cooper's doing a bunch of dates with them as well. Kiss is out there right now with Skid Row doing some dates. Yeah. If you look on the schedule of any of your favorite bands out there, they're all, most of them are touring right now. Mm-hmm. So uh, we've gotten back in the thick of things after that whole shutdown. And uh, I'm just happy that we're all celebrating now and getting back out there and playing shows and uh, uh, you know, bringing the music to the fans all around the country because there's a lot of rock and rollers that just hail what's going on in radio, except for rock stations. Uh, you know, it doesn't really, they're not embracing it. They almost look at it like it's uh, a hobby, for, yeah. so to speak. And it's not because when you look at the concert schedules out there, uh, people are going out and paying money to see rock shows. They want to, they still believe in that lifestyle. Right. And I, I think that's fantastic. I like, I like, if I'm always just a small little uh, footnote, I'm happy about that. Chip, man, like listening to you, like you are passionate and you are an aficionado yep. and you are driven. Like where, where do you think that comes from? Probably my mother and father. Um, I live in the south side of Chicago. My dad worked at U.S. Steelers as a construction engineer. My mom was a saleswoman. She worked with Halston and uh, all these big places because she could talk a dog off of me. Chuck was a great salesman. And I think I got it from them. And I played baseball in the early days when enough stuff took off. There was no story on the band. None of us really did anything. Derek Frigo was known as a guy who uh, played in the band called Le Mans. My brother Donnie just he was a construction guy. Yeah. Uh, Vicky Fox played in the band called Lickety Split. But nobody had a history, except me. A little bit. I I, I played baseball, so I was a I was a pitcher. I went wow. to Brother Rice High School. I tried out for the Cincinnati Reds, Kansas City Royals, wow. Milwaukee Brewers, wow. Chicago White Sox. Didn't pitch fast enough, but I think I took some of those elements from playing sports and bring them to. Uh, fruition when it came to putting together a rock band. Yeah, I joined a band uh, right after high school, a uh, band called Degeneration. It was a punk band. They never put any records out, but we had made we made records. We just couldn't get a deal. Uh-huh. And our first gigs were opening for the Grateful Dead and Boss Gags. It was mm-hmm. unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. I opened wow. for Van Halen playing parties with Van Halen with Degeneration. Awesome. awesome. And we worked our way around the country, and that band had, uh, eventually fizzled out uh, because of uh, substance abuse and promiscuity, of course. And I went. Back Back home from Los Angeles with my tail between my legs, and I got I got the experience of seeing bands like Motley Crue playing the Whiskey and you know, uh-huh. all those old Star Starland, all those small yeah. places in yeah. Los Angeles. And I put together a band. I said, I mean, you know what? I've done it like this. I've tried it for years. Now I'm going to put together my own band. I put together Enough's Enough, and it took about. That was like eight, eight, 1983, 84. I was a young little kid, mm-hmm. and uh, in 1988. In Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, we were discovered by Doc McGee while Skid Row was making their first record. And Doc McGee, who now manages just Kiss, but at the time he had uh, right, he had Motley, Bon Jovi, yeah, Bon Jovi. Uh-huh. That's right, yeah. Scorpions. Uh-huh. And uh, he says, "Chip, I got three cassette tapes in the, in my car. Shows you how old I am." Yeah. And, uh, and we're there, people right still, there with yeah, you. People yeah. Still got, yeah. By the way, cassettes are coming back. Yeah. Uh, so, and, and <laughs> right? so uh, he goes, yeah, two of them are your, are your band." I said, "Oh, Doc, man, thanks so much. Really appreciate any help we can get." And I didn't know much about Doc McGee to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, two weeks later, a guy named Derek Shulman from Atco Atlantic Records called. He says they wanted to see us. He wanted us to showcase for him. Derek Shulman was a guy who signed 
found and discovered Cinderella and Bon Jovi, mm-hmm. signed them over a polygram, mm-hmm. and uh, they gave him his own imprint, which is uh, over at Atlantic Records called Atco, Atco. Records. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, they had bands like Bee Gees and Mountain and stuff like that. Uh, great bands, by the way. Mm-hmm. And uh, he came down to Chicago to a rehearsal spot called Dress Rehearsal with Don and Monica Grayless. They owned the place, and everybody rehearsed there from Smashing Pumpkins to the Veruca Salt. And he walked in there, and it was just chicks and guys hanging out, smoking dope and drinking. And we were out of control doing blow. Mm-hmm. I wasn't doing blow, but everybody else was. <laughs> and uh, we played one song, and, and uh, my guitar player broke a string. And, and uh, we said to Derek Showman, the president, we said, let us know if he blew the deal. We'll fire him right now. And he laughed. <laughs> and we, we played one more song. And I go, you've heard enough, haven't you? He goes, I certainly have. We thought was, that was it. And then we, you know, we, we'd keep going. And the next day, they sent, sent us a facsimile for a, a quarter million dollar deal to make our first record excellent and that's how everything started for us and then that, after that first record came out uh we went down to mtv and then one of the guys down there a guy named rick krim uh-huh. he's still my buddy to this day mm-hmm. and him and abby conowitz and uh, les garland agreed to play our first video which was the song new thing uh-huh. and you yep. couldn't stop the choo-choo train then we got a tour bus went sure. on tour first tour was a badlands with uh-huh. jake yeah Lee, oh yeah Allen. yeah we yeah. were just band. talking about oh badlands and uh, last night. eric singer yeah uh-huh. eric singer yeah. chasing yeah. playing bass yeah eric singer was not in kiss yet of course yeah and uh, we played nothing but places about the size of this venue right here yeah and everyone would completely jam-packed so out. and i'm not saying that we were the big band there because we were a, we were a support band of that tour but a lot of people came out and see enough stuff because we had the videos and we were colorful and flamboyant and people just loved that it was really celebrating rock yeah and we just got laid every single city we went to and just everything was for free uh-huh. we had such a great time on that tour and all the rock stars would come out the guys in cheap trick would hang out with us dweezil zap would come out yeah and you know, all these different bands would come to our sessions and see and see the band or come see us live and sit in with us sure yeah so really a celebration uh, that took off and that record did really well for us and i've been chasing the carrot ever since guys yeah no doubt no doubt oh, so yeah. th- that guy sitting out there is the biggest badlands fan i think i know oh, oh yeah they, listen for sure. yeah. oh Lou, yeah. they were so great you know what yeah. quick little story I, maybe people have heard this before because i've done thousands of interviews but on that tour ray gillen um, you know, he was, he felt down his luck on it. He was like tired for every single day. He felt he had a little bit of a bug. So my mom gave me, uh, be, uh, before the tour, she gave me tetracycline and erythromycin because I'm allergic yeah. to penicillin. Yeah. And uh, she goes, here, honey, in case you guys get anything on the road. And I didn't know what it was for. Get, anybody gets sick, you know, just take these pills, you know, and don't drink with it because it's an antibiotic and you can't drink any alcohol with sure. it or it'll counteract it. So I was given Ray Gill and, uh, and uh, antibiotics every single day. Touch your cycle and, and, and erythromycin. <laughs> and it really, it's for if you catch the clap or anything. That's what it's yeah, for. Right. Right? Yeah, yeah. But we didn't know that. My mom didn't want to use those that, that kind of language, yeah, yeah. you know, old-fashioned Polish mother. Yeah. So I was giving him pills every single day, and I was going through them like you wouldn't believe. Like, he was eating them like fucking chiclets. And I go, oh, bro, you got to stop. You got to be careful because you can't be drinking beer with this stuff. Yeah. And then uh, I'd, uh, we'd run out of them. I'd call my mom. i go, can we get some more of those little uh, pilly poos? She was like a farmer. <laughs> She goes, yeah, honey, I'll mail them out to you guys where you're staying. <laughs> so I had all these pills, and then I remember the J.K. Lee going, what are you giving him? I go, these little pills. He goes, well, keep giving them to him. You know? <laughs> J.K. Lee was like the enabler, too. And, and, and he was so great on the tour to me. He was so nice because his girlfriend had a baby. He had a, his, his first daughter. And so he, we were talking. And I go, I got a daughter, too. Her name's Tara. And, he's, you know, she's 
one years old. And he goes, yeah, and he's telling me about his little daughter. So we bonded over our children on the tour. Yeah. And we didn't hang out a lot because both bands were big. We were both doing tons of interviews. We were really st busy hawking our record, really just working hard to make sure. sure we can get it to make it to the next city. Because uh -huh. we were both going in considerable debt, by the way, because we were both in tour buses, uh -huh. traveling all around. But that tour was really successful because our agent at the time, a guy named Locke Buchanan over at Premier, says, Chip, 99% of shows are completely sold out. You don't hear about that nowadays. Right. It's so difficult because there's so much outward, it's too much product, not enough demand nowadays. Right. But that tour was really a, the catalyst for me where I watched and said to myself, I know what to do and what not to do. <laughs> you know, forget the touch of cycle and Be careful with your promiscuity. I mean, we were smothered like a bum on a bologna sandwich with getting trim. Yeah. They would come out every single night and they're scantily clad and they're dancing around. <laughs> we to totally politically incorrect in today's day and age. But <laughs> right. It was a celebration. We're all right. hanging out. Right. And, you no know, doubt. we didn't call them groupies. We called them band-aids. And they yeah, were right. coming out and hanging out with the bands. Right. And I know guy guy, guy band-aids, guy groupies out yeah. there. So yeah, yeah, yeah. what's the difference? We're all right. hanging out together. doesn't mean you're right. sleeping together. But we did find ourselves in some uh, questionable positions. Uh, <laughs> no pun intended. But the tour turned out to be um, very good for both bands because both albums went gold. And we were able to sure, travel around sure. and elevate ourselves. So after those tours, we were able to go on stadium tours and play sheds and arenas and open it for bands like Skid Row and Guns N' Roses and right. Def Leppard, etc. Yeah. And so that was the late 80s and <laughs> had a couple a couple hits off of that album were on MTV. Yep. And then uh, talk about, I mean, you, you've had released 20 albums, so a lot of history there. Yes. Um, I'm very lucky that I've uh, put out all those records because... My grandfather said, are you sure you want to do this, son? I go, yeah, you didn't make it in baseball. He says, you know, the average life expectancy of any band is a few years. And I thought, well, you know, maybe he's right there. And he goes, you should have a B plan. And I thought, no, I'm not doing that. I'm just going to play records. I'm, I'm going to make music. I'm going to make a living on this. I'm not going to let you guys down. And we really were very strong. We, uh, we toured substantially until maybe uh, 20, uh, 2001, 2002, where I was at home in my little house and I had an apartment in Beverly, Beverly Hills, Chicago. And I got a phone call from Poison. They said, we're going out on tour. And there was a guy from uh, CAA that uh, called us, uh, one of the old agents. And uh, he offered us the Poison, Warrant, Quiet Riot, Enough's Enough Tour. They call it the Glam Slam Metal Jam Tour, which is yeah. this tour's extension of that. And we went out and played nothing but arenas. And, was, and that was that put us back into the game again. And after that, we found ourselves, we couldn't get any work. We yeah. play clubs and you know, we'd, we'd probably do 75, 100 shows a year, but the band was in disarray. Uh, our management company, which at that time was uh, Herbie Herbert, who managed Journey and all the big bands, and he, and we're, God bless, God rest his soul, he, he passed away last year. But Herbie was the catalyst that kept the band going, kept us giving us deals. And he goes, I, yeah, unfortunately, the band's unmanageable right now, but I'm going to help you one more time. And he got us a couple deals with uh, Japan and with the United States, where we were able uh, to get some money and get out of our considerable debt that was incurred. But the black cloud was following over us, guys, and enough snuff was in big trouble. And uh, really, it's a blessing from above that we were able to keep going. Uh, Donnie left the band in 2013. Yeah, he left the band in 2004, and he left the band again in 2007 and came back. And then 2013, he said, that's it. I've got health issues. I'm, I'm, not, into the, I'm not into doing uh, uh, long tours anymore where, you know, it takes too much out of me. And uh, I'm done. I'm just going to do a solo thing. I said, great. 
and just something uh, the guys in the band basically said, why don't you just sing the song, Chips? You, you, you wrote the songs with them, you produced those records, you guys should, you should just try to move forward. And I talked to Donnie about it too, and Donnie mentioned, he says, uh, if you're gonna move forward with enough snuff, uh, you should sing the songs because the, when you get to step in the front of the stage, people are gonna see you and they're gonna go, that's enough's enough. And uh, that's what I've done. I took his word for 2013, 2015. I started actually working all the time doing the big shows, M3 Festival, Baltimore, and you know, shows all around the country. And after a little while, I found my legs. I stayed away from the blow, stayed away from you know, hanging out with the trim all night in yeah. the hotel rooms, and just said, try to get some sleep and enjoy these gigs yeah. and give the best performance possible. The fans deserve it. Stay in shape, it's important yeah. and very important. Yeah. Steven Tyler told me we have an obligation to all the fans out there to keep yourself in good shape yeah. and don't get fat. Right. And nothing wrong with fat people. I'm not right. I'm right. not shaming anybody. Right, right. Thank God. But if you come out <laughs> if you come out thin and with a look, you should stay that way. Look at Tyler now. Right. Absolutely. By the way, they're getting ready to go out with uh, Black Crows. That's going to be a huge That's tour. Right. Okay? Yeah, yeah. So I think that we uh, there's a responsibility to all musicians to try to keep it together and stay in good shape. And I've done that, and here we are now in 2023. We've put out three albums in the last, four albums, I should say, in the last year and a half with our we, uh, rarities and a rarities and demo record on Cleopatra, uh, four LPs, and then uh, Finer Than Sin record, which is on Frontiers right now. So folks, check out enoughsenough.com and you'll see all those great records that we put out Love through it. the years with great musicians like Mike Portnoy from Dream Theater playing with yeah, us yeah, yeah. and the guys from Cheap Trick and Billy yeah. Corgan from Smashing Pumpkins. If we suck, no, those guys aren't coming down to play with us. <laughs> it's, a good, it's really a good band, you guys. Of course. And the yeah. proof is in the pudding at the end of the day. If you like the music, go see the band live. Support your favorite bands, whether it's Greta Van Fleet, Dirty Honey, Rival Sons, yeah. Vintage Trouble, yeah, it's the Struts. There's some great new bands there out there. Are. Yes. Yep, we're with you, brother, because uh, we're witnesses. We witnessed you yeah. on multiple occasions. Yep. So we, we were like live verification of that right now. And by the way, like, how are you missing sound check? Like, as you're double, like double dipping into bass for both bands, yeah. you know, like you have a different bassist down there right now. Yeah, it's probably my guitar tech. Okay. Uh, his name is Beasley. Yeah. And he plays bass with other guys too. But listen, if you listen to in the background, they don't sound as good. They, 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 <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. I'm needed for sure, but They gave okay. you a break. They gave you a break. I this. like it. That's important, yeah, yeah. I think, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I, I earned it. <laughs> I didn't know I was going to double dip on this tour. They, the London Choir Boys called me, and a manager called and says, hey, can you come out and, and on this tour and play bass with us? I said, I probably could do that because their London Choir Boys, by the way, are in the studio right before they went on this tour. Uh -huh. They were in a studio with Joe Elliott from Def Leppard mm -hmm. and uh, uh, Josh from uh, Buck Cherry. Mm -hmm. So they sent me the tracks. They said, can you play bass on some of these songs? So I, I probably played in a half dozen songs on their new record. It's, right. not, it's not out yet. Right. And I thought, this is pretty cool. And they, I think they're going to get Anger Anderson, too, from Rose Tattoo to play on the record nice. as well. Nice. Very nice. So then when they got the tour, so we would chip we'd love you to uh, consider playing bass on i thought man it's really challenging to be able to do something like that 30 something songs every single night and i gotta do all the interviews i gotta drive the, the van i gotta make i gotta really make myself available but i thought do you have to, get food? Do you have it, to run food too i don't run any food i'm Good, not doing that i'm a singer in the band <laughs> I, I do i try to help yeah. as much as i can guys and this is a, by the way these guys are fabulous the london choir boys are basically the bake the baking band 
for the down and they're the down and outs. Mm -hmm. The down and outs is Joe Elliott from Def Leppard's mm -hmm. other band. When he's not on tour with with Def Leppard, he plays hooky and puts this other band together, which does like uh, Bowie songs and Mott the Hoople right. and originals. Right. Right. So these guys are fabulous musicians. Everything's tuned down. It's like Rolling Stones tuning. They yeah. sound like Faces meets the Black Crows, except they were out before the Black Crows. Yeah. Black Crows, when they first came out, the Black Crows, they looked at the London Choir Boys as a big inspiration. Or yeah. They yeah. loved that band. Then the Black Crows took off, and you don't hear a damn thing about right. them guys talking about the London Choir Boys who were first doing yeah. it all. Well, and, and I love the Black Crows, don't get me wrong. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. You know, let's give credit where credit's due. These guys came out in the mid-80s. Yeah. Black Crows came out like in the late 80s, yeah. around us in the same time as Enough's Enough. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, these guys, they get out there and they have some success. They sell some records and um, they have selective memory. Yeah. Because yeah. this is the real guys. These guys are the real McCoy, okay? Sure, You're sure. here tonight, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and for those that are watching and listening to the, the program, you know, come on out tonight. If you don't already have yes, tickets, get know, out right? here to the Salisbury Center. It's yeah. going to be a great show. Yeah, this is the first, this will be the first and last time this happens with these bands like this together. Bad Marriage with Tommy from Tesla. The London Choir Boys, which I said earlier, is mm -hmm. like Bill Joe Elliott from Def Leppard's yep. backing band. And Enough's Enough uh, with 20 albums out, playing all the hits, Fly Michelle, New Thing, Baby Loves You, and all those Beatles songs that are on our last record called Hard Rock Night. So will this happen again? Probably not with this package. Yeah, yeah. It's a once in a lifetime. We're making history, I think, together. Whether it's, you know, it's not a stadium gig, but it's a good little venue. probably holds, you know, 800 to 1,000 people. If we can get half, of, half this place filled up with rock and rollers, uh, and bring some trim here too, because we still look. Look, we love to look at the men. <laughs> we love our women. Our yeah, women yeah. are our superiors, okay? <laughs> but the the guys will come out tonight and they want to hear a rock band that's playing live, hundred percent live and real guys. Right. It's a real rock show. It's not like back. It's not going to see one of these bands out there where they just press a little button Backing and the guys are dancing around and stuff. You know, yeah. it's guys singing and playing and maybe a little technology there. But who cares who drives the bus? Let's get to the picnic. <laughs> <laughs> Chip, you're talking about. Like the groupings, like like uh, just not only of you guys on this tour, but uh, but just in general, you know, like you've just named a, a lot of acts, you know, and all of the, all that conversation you just had. I I felt like I don't know, and I know Kevin and I, we've talked about this with enoughs enough specifically. With you guys coming out, even with your first album, it was almost hard to categorize. I feel like enoughs enough, and that the music that you were putting out as just even calling it what would have been traditional glam metal in the '80s. How do you feel about that? Like where where do you guys see yourself and? Even in, in the progression of the 20 albums that you guys have put out, how would you categorize your music and your sound? Um, I, I, I think we're, we were alternative before the word alternative yeah, came in. Yeah. Uh, and you're right. Uh, journalists grabbed onto the band after the rock stars grabbed on and said, these guys are the real McCoy, almost like a jellyfish type band when they came out. You know, No one could categorize it. Oh, is yeah. it pop? Is it rock? What right, is it? Right. Same thing with Enough Stuff. We came out, we did a solid rock record. We weren't, we didn't sound like Kiss or Motley Crue or Def right. Leppard or Poison or Cheap Trick. Well, we a little bit like Cheap Trick yeah. because it's a cross of pop and rock right. and a little bit of heaviness to it as well. Uh, but people were listening with their eyes instead of their ears back then. So right. the rock stars and the musicians that heard Enough Stuff they hailed us, but normal people, they only got watched it on MTV and seen the colorful and flamboyant and all the trim that was in the videos and, right. and us strutting around, pushing everything over to one side. And they thought, oh, this is interesting right here. What, what is this about? I got to go see these guys live. Right. But you come out and see the shows and you go, that's a real rock band. Yeah, we got right. long hair. Yeah, we dress a little bit colorfully, but that's, we're just like you are. We went to high school, graduated, you know, we drive Mustangs and you know, convertible cars and some of us drive 
drive the Cadillacs, and it's and to me it's a it's the old Escalade doing 130 miles an hour down the expressway with no <laughs> with no uh, you know miles per hour. There's no stop signs or yeah, yeah. so I think it's a, a there's a reckless abandonment to enough snuff and that that's special and just like those other bands that are out there I mentioned earlier, we all have we all carry ourselves in a certain way, and I think that at first people were listening with their eyes instead of their ears. Yeah, but eventually it caught on and, and we sold some records and we were able to navigate these waters and we're all swimming in the same lake yeah 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 so i mean that's interesting you know and i want to discuss uh so on uh blabbermouth recently stephen piercy came out and talked about a lot of folks have said grunge is what ended up killing metal glant hair metal per se and you guys have a unique sound yeah the choir boys definitely have a very unique sound and so do bad marriage so you know Stephen Piercy was commenting that it wasn't necessarily grunge that killed hair metal and and metal in general but the lack of bands that were unique there were a lot of bands that were coming out during the late 80s early 90s that looked like the other bands that were popular didn't have anything original to say, didn't have an, an original sound. What is your thoughts in that whole transition, late 80s, early 90s? I believe that Stephen Piercy's he, he makes a good point right there. I don't think grunge killed anything. I think it was, a, it was time for a change of the guard. Some of these bands that went away, maybe rightly so, they did because it, they, they, had, they had the run. They went through it. The Motley Crews and the, and the Poisons and the, and the Cheap Tricks and the bands that were the great bands that were out there, uh, they kept going. They took a little break. That's all they did because it was all put together strategically, guys. There was the powers to be at MTV, so we needed a new kind of style of music to come in there. And even a Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, Alice in Chains, Mud, Honey, Nirvana. It was all put together just to, those bands are great bands, by the way. I, I love Alice in Chains, you know, yep. Lane Staley, he was a fabulous singer. Jerry Cantrell, my good buddy. I, we do rock and roll fantasy camps on Florida together in Los Angeles. Uh, those are good cats, you know. Um, I think it was just, it was time maybe for a little bit of a change. But... When it, look at the bands we just talked about just now. All those bands are selling out stadiums and sheds and arenas, okay? They really are. Mm -hmm. The Motley Crews didn't go away. They stayed out there. They were able to hang in there for somehow. Who knows how they did it? Right. It's a miracle from above. The good Lord works in mysterious <laughs> ways. A lot of these bands were able to withstand the punishment and keep continue to move on, and, and they do better than the bands that I just mentioned to you in a lot of ways. Of course, Pearl Jam, massive band. They got tons of MTV support, and they have a smart organization that knows when to go out and tour, and they really cater to their fans. And the same thing with Alice in Chains, you know, 300 million streams on Spotify for those guys. That's a lot of fans, okay? Yeah, yeah, Not yeah, seeing a yeah. lot of chippy poos there, but the shows, they make yeah. a Brinks truck, yeah. and they were able to sell their merchandise every single night, and they put records out, and they're, and they're still solid. Yeah. It's a real good band. So some of these bands are able to withstand the punishment. Other ones couldn't do it, and I think for us, we we're just one of those bands that... We never stopped working. We right. just kept playing and kept putting out records. And if you look at our catalog of material, I don't want to sound like I'm bragging, but I'm really proud of our accomplishments. Uh, 20 albums. No mm -hmm. bands have that. None of those bands. Maybe Cheap Trick does because they've been out quite a long time. But mm -hmm. we've surpassed all those bands when it comes to records. And if it was shitty records, if it was songs that weren't happening, if we just didn't have a foothold on what was going on, 
uh, I, then I say, okay, well, you just put the records out. Maybe it was one song in each record, but it's not like that. Because how do I know? Because they're the great bands. They sit and they tell me, you guys are amazing with your, your, your songs you've come up with. How do you come up with them? I go, there's a lot of fodder out there to write about in this world right now. So yeah. well, to be able to put these records out is really special. It's a miracle. And it's all songs about everyday experiences that we went through as a band and perhaps you have as, as a fan as you're sure. listening to music you know you went through the same things and go oh, I remember first time I got laid first time I smoked a joint first time I got fired from my job yeah. first time I went through a death in the family and we just we write about the songs that we know about and the different observations that go through these these songs are like a uh, they're like a little embryos are our first children you know yeah. and it's, you know it's, a, it's the beginning of a relationship and we share them with you guys and, and yeah. we're not gonna even turn you on to the songs unless they trip our trigger first so with all of that hustle and that drive and that work in the 20 out, when did you find time to write them? Like I'm thinking about you like tonight even, but between two bands. I got, I got a phone. I mean, technology is pretty strong. So you come up with an idea, you know, somebody's smoking a joint and they put it in the ashtray or yeah. uh, having a lipstick on a glass. There's something that's going to trip your trigger. And you go, ah, it's a good idea. Maybe you guys talk and maybe Lucy gives me a certain metaphor. And I go, oh, yeah. hey, thanks. And I just, you know, put it on my phone. <laughs> I want, and I want credit for that. Credit. <laughs> You're not getting a damn thing out of there, okay? <laughs> so, yeah. So I, I think that's what it's all about. That's uh, being creative. Uh, let's a lot of these bands out there, they write the same way. Yeah. They really do. The Beatles wrote like that. Sure. They found something and they seen it and they go, hey, you know, there's some, there's some substance right here. I want to put some music and a melody line behind this. And that's what they do. That's what the songs are all about. And it's going to get real tricky in the in the future because you got AI. Uh huh. It's funny that you mentioned that because I've I've always thought that they were like, enough's enough was like to me, a rock Beatles. Yeah. With all the harmonies and the sort of look and feel and you know just like the trippy right 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 videos and all that stuff yeah. but the harmonies and just the, the full sound always reminded me of like a rock and roll beatles well right. we grew up around that kind of stuff we always loved the english stuff across the pond so we, we when we grew up we, we listened to you know my our parents would have like beetle records and led zeppelin pink floyd mott the hoople queen we always loved those kind of bands everything the bowie uh, the squeeze, love the stuff that was uh, Sex Pistols. We love stuff across the pond. Those guys took chances. Yeah, yeah. They're really, really good. And obviously, our stuff came out way before Oasis. We've been together for a long time. Sure. And bands like Oasis came out. We thought, and I remember they did. There was a video on YouTube of Oasis doing a new thing by enough stuff. I thought these guys know about our music for sure, and, they, and they're paying. They're paying respect to us, which is right. such an honor, you guys. Right. Uh, but you know, you are what you eat at the end of the day, Lou, and and that's what we are. We listen to that kind of stuff, and, sure. and that was what set the tone for our band sound. I think we weren't looking it over what was happening on MTV with like man bands I mentioned earlier. It was trying to come up with something new and innovative, and something that was really a part of our template of as a band. You know, starting off with, with songs that were strong, with uh, good storyboards, and uh, played aggressively that was important okay yeah. you listen to those old Beatle records man those guys took chances but you know they were going over uh, Dalai Lama and the Mahavishnu and hanging out yeah. hanging out all these different kind of people yeah. and experimenting over in India and doing you know hashish and pot all day and <laughs> and uh, the LSD and the mushrooms and I get it why they did that because songs come in that way I, in our early right. enough snuff days we were pro-experimentalist too and, and you come up with great ideas and great songs it's, it's the truth and I'm not pushing drugs folks i'm saying that sometimes when you go outside your box you'll find some good little wonderful little things to eat yeah sure yeah, cool. i also feel like 
you guys and Saigon Kick are two bands that sort of straddled the rock and the alternative and right. you kind of got screwed with that changeover from grunge because you were more alternative than most of the rock bands were yeah. getting pushed out right, same yeah. with Saigon Kick right. but you were almost too early if you guys would have come out like in 92 yeah i bet you you guys would have hit with that alternative sound May, as much as perhaps uh, saigon I, it's too. funny you said that too little because on the way in here we were listening to saigon kick kind of the guy i'm not, I'm <laughs> not making this up. <laughs> yeah. yeah but then we were also listening to uh, crack the sky and you know mock the hoople and cheap trick and so we were mixing up a little joe satriani on the way in so it's a it's a real potpourri of different kind of bands that we listen to i love the struts new band i think oh, they're yeah. absolutely oh, yeah. fantastic yeah. Uh -huh. rival sons oh yeah jb cannon one of the yep. greatest frontmen of our of this generation you yep. know yep so there's new stuff that's out there and the old stuff it's a real potpourri you can mix it all up uh, uh i love bobby caldwell crack this guy the uh, john palermo's band uh, was fantastic uh, as well and i listened to a lot of uh, older stuff along with the newer stuff and there's a real similarity right there with the songs the structure production's a little bit different folks but the rest of it, it's about good songs at the end of the day okay yeah yep. yeah all right. Well, uh, I know, speaking to the Beatles, I know you guys have done a couple Beatle covers. Are we going to hear some of that tonight? Yeah, absolutely. It will be playing stuff off the Hard Rock Night record. I'm not going to focus on Beatles songs because there's enough stuff. as sure. a, uh, quite an extensive vocabulary of yeah. material. And a lot of these fans here that came out to see us a couple of years ago at the Tally Hall are going to want to see us at the Salisbury playing those songs. Yep. Yeah. But we'll mix it up. And I think we'll probably do a few songs off that album. Maybe uh, Eleanor Rigby or Jet, perhaps. Uh, uh, maybe uh, we'll do something new we haven't been doing lately. But we I put it in a set last night in New Jersey and everybody went crazy. Sold out show last night. At a small little place, 300 seat venue called Ding Bass. It was incredible. <laughs> so much action out there. Yeah, all, yeah. all the chicks from the Sopranos came out there too. Awesome. They were looking great. Those, yeah, those awesome. strippers. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the beautiful chicken baskets, little two scoops of bill ice cream. I was just so, yeah, so happy. Yeah. Great yeah, little dairy. Awesome. Fine people out there. And so we put in, we threw in um, yeah. a little help from my friends. And but we didn't do the Ringo version. We did the Joe Cocker version. I think I'm going to oh, do yeah. that one tonight as well as cool. maybe uh, Live and Let Die. I, I, you know, I used to play with Adler from Guns N' Roses. And sure. Stephen never wanted to do that song in a set. We just focused on the Appetite for Destruction record. But uh -huh. I always wanted to do that one with him. And unfortunately, we didn't get to it. Uh, we just played that, like I said, the first album of, of Guns N' Roses. So uh, I got permission from McCartney and from Ringo to do Live and Let Die and put it on a record, which is great. And I think our version is really, it's got some balls. It's heavy. It's like a cheap trick meets uh, uh, um, perhaps uh, Jellyfish in an Alley. They fight, and it turns out to be enough. enough. <laughs> it's really good. It's really a good version. The fans tell me every single night. Yeah. So I don't, not to sound on Moss, but a lot of people come up and they go, man, those Beatles songs you guys are doing are great. Well, it's not hard. That, yeah, you know, it's right. a challenge to play the songs, but those are great songs. We'd have to write Absolutely, them. It right. takes a lot of pressure off us, you yeah, know. Yeah. We got, but we have our own hits tonight. You get Fly High Michelle, you get Baby Loves You, you get New Thing. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be a real celebration. And the Colonial Choir Boys, same thing. They got a few hit songs from their, uh, up their sleeve as well. 
and the band to watch tonight is Get Here Early. You want to see Bad Marriage because that's Tommy Skiach from yeah. the great uh, Tesla. Love them. And they're playing nothing but great songs the whole time. They look good. Those guys come out. They bring the show. That is the surprise band of this whole tour for sure. Mm -hmm. They show up there every single I don't know how they do it because they're smoking more pot than Cheech and Chong. <laughs> <laughs> they show up at these gigs, man, and they really can play and sing. It's a, it's a solid six-piece band, you know, three guitars. Mm -hmm. So Bad Marriage first, and of course, the London Choir Boys, I'm playing bass with them. You get a chance to hear all the smash hits that they've had, like 7 o'clock, which MTV played every single day. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, Enough's Enough, I think we go on at like 9.30 or 10 o'clock. And mm -hmm. uh, So it should be a, it's a real nice little package. I'm just grateful to be out there still working, guys. I am. And it's, it's a real blessing. Well, We're so happy you came up and chatted with us. And there's no yeah. doubt in my mind, you like eat it, live it, breathe it. And, and you are like, you know, you are doing the music. There's no doubt about it. There's a lot of hustle. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate yeah. it. By the way, anybody listening to this, I'm on Dash Radio every single day, seven days a week. Rudy Sarzo's on our program along with the guitar player from Alice Cooper, Ryan Roxy. Doro Pesh has her own program on there. KK from uh, the old Jewish priest yeah. guys, he's on there. Yeah. Uh, Claudia Comedy, she's on along with uh, the one of the Playboy Playmates, Carrie Stevens. Um, and and, and uh, Ann Erickson's on there. Uh, all these different cool people that love, they breathe and inhale rock and roll heavy metal mm -hmm. have a program on there. Uh, it's called the Monsters of Rock. It's on Dash Radio. You go to dashradio.com, download the app. Guess what? It's free. Yeah. Sirius XM, love the station, but he's 15 yeah. bucks every single month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they, they have 15, 16 million subscribers. We have 12 million subscribers and growing every single day. And it's 24 7, 365 days a year, A through Z, the whole alphabet of hard rock and heavy metal. We have 95,000 songs. We just purchased the whole thing through global music. So it's it's rock and roll and heavy metal every single day. I'm on seven days a week. Monsters of Rock on the Dash Radio Network. Check me out. I think you'll love the show. It's not about me, though. It's about the songs and keeping everything going. And there wouldn't be 12 million subscribers plus on that program unless people are still celebrating hard rock and heavy metal. That's it. Yeah. Awesome. Fantastic. Well, we appreciate you being very gracious with your time, sitting Thanks, in guys. with us, yes. and uh, looking forward to the show tonight. A lot Thanks, of fun. guys. Uh, may the best thing that happened to you last year be the worst thing that happens to you this year. Right. Lou, love you, buddy. Thank you so much, man. <laughs> love you. Appreciate it. My new best friend. Yeah, you're a great guy, my friend. <laughs> and we'll be right back on the Stand Up and Shout Rock Show. <laughs>